Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. And right now, Dave McKenzie, the publisher of Canadian Trucking Magazine. Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Do you mind if I uh, do my quick 60-second intro to your awesome listeners on this great show so they know what I, why I'm on today? Sure. Okay. Uh, folks, I'm Dave McKenzie from Manitoba, of course, listening to the show down here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm coming to you over the road from a truck stop here, parked, of course. I'm the publisher editor of Canadian Trucking Magazine and a video host of our social media page on Canadian Trucking Magazine that enjoys 35,000 people following and a certified 800,000 reach. So we are the voice of trucking for these 800,000 plus people. And uh, we would like to thank you as that voice for all the support that trucking has seen in the past month from all you great people, from your thumbs up to your kids pumping their arms. We can honk your horns and uh, we just love it because truckers know social distraction and uh, of course isolation or so social dis- uh, distancing we know social distraction too <laughs> as we leave our families behind to make sure those empty shelves each night are filled again in the morning and are the and we are also the safest drivers on the road as 90% of accidents involving a truck is the other vehicle's fault. How okay. is that? For, All right, uh, very good. I like. I don't. I don't know you, Dave, but I like you already. I love your. I love your energy. I love your passion, and I'm happy to give you. That was probably closer to two minutes, but I'm happy to give it to you because I'll tell you what, truckers are doing a great job right now, and you're doing a great job at Canadian Trucking Magazine. So uh, let me ask you a few questions. You said you're down in the Atlanta area at a truck stop. Tell me what your experience at a truck stop is like now. How is it different than a couple of months ago? They, it is a big difference for truckers. One, they're more packed because uh, the hours of service, the amount of loads that are moving right now, water, medicines, all the supplies and the resupplying, the truckers are busier than ever. The restaurants are closed in the truck stops. There's no place to sit in the truck stops. All the seating's been taken away, but we can still have a hot shower Thank goodness, and uh, the uh, and of course we can get fuel there. But uh, parking is a premium. Uh, truckers, the biggest thing, the biggest thing for us right now is food because um, you know uh, uh, they can only stock so much in their truck from the WalMarts. They can only get into so many, and I use WalMarts because they're the ones that have the big uh, lots that we can pull into. Right. Yeah. So they they really rely on a good uh, healthy diet of junk food <laughs> so that has affected us yeah and are you running into any situations because we're hearing some stories like this not a whole lot thankfully but we're hearing some stories where truckers are not being allowed into certain businesses or certain areas as you mentioned parkings at a premium the truckers have to find a spot to park and then you know get some sleep in so are you having have you experienced anything like that where you're said where you're told hey you know what don't uh, we don't want you here don't come in here yes there are lots that have closed down recently which is really surprising and um 
the uh, at restaurants that have the drive-throughs. I mean, I understand their safety that yeah. they don't want people walking up to drive-throughs, but that's the only thing a driver can do. So, if there's a drive-through restaurant at a truck stop, they are doing that. And you know what? I got to thank the police departments and fire departments because throughout United States. What they're doing is they put up big signs on that saying, if you're a trucker and you need food, give us a call. We'll go through the drive through for you. I mean, that's incredible. Wow. That really? really? That incredible. is cool, eh? Yes. Yeah. There's fire departments that have done close to the places. I put them up on my page. They've done uh, cookouts where they've been, done hot dogs, beans, stuff like that for truckers. And as I say, many police departments down here that have said, you're a trucker, you're at the truck stop, you need to go through drive through give us a call. And they put the extra personnel. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are afraid that drivers uh, may not have, you know, uh, the right sanitation, uh, you know, the Germex and hand sanitizer. We've been yep. making our own. We've been, uh, uh, when we ran out, and uh, people are months behind on supplies, we've been making our own. And can I tell your listeners a secret? Well, okay. Now, you're going to give a recipe? No, I'm just okay. going to give a secret for the sure. recipe because a lot of people can't do it because the aloe is missing. And I went into uh, a store, and guess what was loaded on the shelves is banana boat moisturizing after sun lotion. Oh. And guess what it is? <laughs> It's all aloe. Yeah, right. And the, and the only reason I the only reason I said hang on with the recipe is there are some official ones out there from like the CDC and there, but then there are yes. some other homemade recipes and I just don't want to put the homemade recipes out there because I don't want you know I just don't want anybody to do something that ends up hurting them right and some of the recipes I've seen have been a bit questionable but you're right the ones like for example from the Centers for Disease Control involves aloe vera but you can't find aloe vera anywhere so that that is a, a a great uh, substitute. Um, listen, I'm almost out of time here, uh, Dave. Uh, what else do you want us to know, average Manitobans, average Winnipeggers who rely on truckers to bring? You know, if it came on a, uh, if if you bought it, it came on a truck. What, what else do we need to know as as we support all kinds of people that are really on the front lines of this now that haven't been in the past, but in COVID in this this era of COVID nineteen. Truck drivers are the front lines. You're on the front lines now. What do we need to know? We are on the front lines, and all they need to know is not to worry, not to panic. The trucks are rolling. The warehouses, the food warehouses, medicine warehouses, they are open, and we will get the shelves supplied. And please, when you go out, social distancing. But if you see a truck driver, give them thumbs up, say thank you. Same as your police and emergency, anybody wearing a uniform, anybody that runs towards danger instead of away, thank them and thank your truckers. Because if you got it, a trucker brought it. There you go. That's the line I was looking for. I'm glad you did that, Dave. Yes. Thanks a lot. Hey, Dave, thank you very much. Canadian Trucking Magazine, the publisher. What's the website? I want to give your uh, your magazine a plug. Yes, it's www.canadiantruckingmagazine.ca.com.net. But go and like and follow our Facebook page on Canadian Trucking Magazine Facebook. It's for everyone, something for everyone. You'll love it. There's no hate. There's no drama. And you will love it because Hal, we're almost as great as Hal Anderson. <laughs> well, come on. 
Dave. That's silly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, as I said, yeah. I, I don't know you, but I, I like your energy. So you're in Atlanta. Are you making your way back to Winnipeg, or, or where have you? Where are you going with your load? Tell us what's what's happening with Dave McKenzie right now. Yes, I'm going to be picking up a load and headed back to Canada. I can't tell you what it is because it's a high-value load. I might right. need a police escort. I think it's toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. That is definitely precious cargo. I might need the military. So if you see me with Blackhawk <laughs> helicopters, you know yeah. I'm bringing toilet paper to Winnipeg, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, this has been great. Let's stay in touch, okay? We sure will. Take care, and thanks for what you do. Right now on the phone, Big Daddy Taz, Winnipeg comedian. Taz, how are you, sir? I am well, Mr. Hal Hello. Anderson, and how are you, uh, sir? There he is. Um, so, listen, I think this is a great idea. You've been reading stories at 10.30 in the morning, 7.30 at night. You've been doing it on uh, Facebook, uh, Taz Norris, T-A-Z-Z Norris. Uh, you're also doing it on YouTube, Tazzy Reads, and BigDaddyTaz.com, and you're getting... How many people, by the way, are are checking out your uh, twice-a-day stories? Well, you know what? Um, they get they get various uh, things. That I, I never sort of pay attention to how many are coming on, but, you know, a couple hundred for sure. Uh, the first one I read has got over 4,000 views, and uh, a couple have got 1,000 or more, and yeah, this one this morning has good. got about 300 views, I think, so it's pretty good. Good for you. And I'm not asking the numbers uh, because, you know, it, it, before all this uh, COVID-19 stuff started, I think we often would look and go, oh, that's kind of popular with people. I wonder because I'm, I'm curious to know how many people are benefiting because I think this is a great idea. I love this idea. And so I wanted to uh, get you on today uh, to tell us a story, and you have found a story for us and i've told everybody now for a couple of hours to gather around the radio after the news at 2 30 because big daddy taz is going to read a story for us so without further ado sir go ahead oh it's reading a story i've got a coloring book here so this might be a little bit uh, more awkward <laughs> than i thought but i am grabbing yeah the probably blue doesn't work all that well blue. on uh <laughs> blue probably doesn't work all that well on uh, on radio yeah uh no but please tell us the story Oh, for sure. It's called Wonky Donkey, and I, and I love it, and I, I, and I giggle. I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey, and he only had three legs. He was a wonky <laughs> donkey. I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey, and he had only three legs and one eye. He was a winky wonky donkey. I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey... He only had three legs, one eye, and he liked to listen to country music. Yeah. He was a honky-tonky, winky-wonky-donkey. I was walking <laughs> down the road, and I saw a donkey. Hell, I saw a donkey. Hee-haw! He had three legs, one eye. He listened to country music. He was quite tall and slim. He was a lanky honky-tonky, winky-wonky-donkey. I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey. Hee-haw! He had three legs, one eye. He liked to listen to country music. He was quite tall and slim, and he smelled really, really bad. Pew! He was a stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. I was walking down the road, and I saw, hee 
a donkey. He had three legs, one eye. He listened to country music. He was quite tall and slim, smelt really, really bad. And that morning, he got up early and hadn't had his coffee. He was a cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky-tonky, winky-wonky donkey. <laughs> I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey. He had only three legs, one eye. He liked to listen to country music. He was quite tall and slim, smelt really, really bad that morning. He had got up and hadn't had any coffee. He was always getting into mischief. He was a hanky-panky, cranky, stinky-dinky, lanky, honky-tonky, winky-donky-donky. <laughs> I was walking down the road, and I saw a donkey. He only had three legs, one eye. He liked to listen to country music. He was quite tall and slim, smelled really, really bad. That morning, he had gotten up early and hadn't had any coffee. He was always getting into mischief, but he was quite good-looking. He was a spunky, hanky-panky, cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky-tonky, winky-wonky donkey. I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. Hee-haw! And that, my friend, is the end of the book. <laughs> Yay! Fantastic. Uh, that's, that's excellent, Taz. Good for you. Hey, obviously, people... People are benefiting from these stories at 10.30 and 7.30 every day uh, live, and then they can, you know, watch them after the fact, and I'm sure many people are doing that. What has this been for you? Because you're a performer, right? I mean, in your heart, just like yeah. me, you're you're a performer, and these must be tough times for you, but you've figured a way out to continue to perform and make other people smile and laugh. And you know what, Hal, it, it, and that's, that's sort of uh, not to be – greed or anything, but it's one of the reasons that he did it, to stave away the terror of, of, of financial woes or, or on the uncertainty. You know, I, I, in one day, I lost two months' worth of work, basically, within, within a weekend. So what am I to do? Am I sit, to sit here and wallow in my own self-pity, or am I going to reach out and go, okay, how can I turn that negative into something positive? Well, guess what? I now have time each day to read the kids, and, and the, the over, it's, it's been overwhelming the response I got, I got people in Texas and the UK and, and all over, all over North America and in Manitoba and Winnipeg, people are dropping off books and, 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 and sending me, you know, little snippets. say, Hey, listen, I want you to read this book. Here's a little snippet. Please buy this book. And we're getting it. And I tried to shop local, of course, as much as I can, but every day there's a knock on the door from Amazon or some delivery folks. And, and even one lady, Carmen, our, our my buddy, Carmen, she dropped off, uh, nightcaps. She made me some nightcaps to put on my noggin to, you know, because I wear pajamas when I'm reading the, the books. And you know what? How <laughs> it makes me feel useful. It really does. It makes me feel yeah. useful. And I'm getting, even though I can't hear the laughter, which is what keeps me going. Laughter is my medication. Laughter is my, laughter is, 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 is my, my, my drug of choice, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Laughter fills my heart. And yeah. I, 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 I'm done, and then I go and I look on Facebook, and people are like and sending me pictures of their kids chanting along and singing a song that I wrote and things. It's just awesome, brother. Like, I mean, you and I yeah. uh, take to the airwaves, and we try to give some normalcy to this, this world because we don't know what's happening. We don't know all the facts. We just know we have to stay home. And, and kids staying home, it's they're social creatures, right? So... We just got to give them something to do, but you, you know, you're right. It's, 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 I love what I'm doing. I always do. 
Well, and you do a great job, Taz. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this, pal. I really appreciate it. No worries, Hal. Lots of love to you and Jackie and, and the CGOB crew. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Joining us now, Daryl Bricker. He's the global CEO for Ipsos Public Affairs. Daryl, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, Hal. Yeah, thank you for doing this. So you've written the commentary uh, for us here at uh, Global and CJOB, and people can check it out online. Basically, you're saying the empty shelves, and there are certainly many of those out there. I was in the grocery store um, a couple of days ago getting some things for my mother-in-law who couldn't get out, and uh, there are still empty shelves, especially down the toilet paper row and the hand sanitizer row and, and that stuff. But you're saying the empty shelves are sending a dangerous signal. Tell us your thoughts on that. Well, they're sending a dangerous signal because it makes it look like things are not not being controlled, that we're actually not managing this issue very well. And most of the reassurance that we've been getting about why the shelves, uh, what's happening in grocery stores, for example, is that we don't have a supply problem. I mean, we've all heard politicians now. Uh, we've all heard manufacturers, we've all heard distributors, we've all heard uh, retailers say that there is no supply problem, which leads to the question, well, then why are the shelves empty? And what the public yeah. believes is that, you know, in fact, you don't need to reassure us about supply. What you need to do is you need to do something in the store to make sure that people aren't panic buying and to make pe- sure people aren't profiteering. Yeah, and uh, we are seeing this in some stores, some retailers are doing this, but you think more needs to be done at the retail level as well to try and calm the panic. Yeah, at the retail level, not just in the stores, but also online. I mean, going on a you know a grocery shopping site, um, and there's several out there, and ha- having all of these items unavailable only reinforces the problem that, that maybe you should be panic buying. So uh, if, you, uh, if, if retailers in particular wanted to do something uh, worthwhile for the community, stop telling people that the, the uh, security of supply is guaranteed. They already believe that. In fact, we asked 75% uh, the people that we interviewed said that it was actually a problem with human behavior and the way people are shopping. So do some things in your store to uh, regulate um, the availability of certain types of products that are most in demand and make sure that people are only really taking what they need. Um what do you think of this idea? I see that there's uh, it's it's a small example, but maybe this is a good idea. Uh, you know, we talk about rationing or putting limits in place. I don't know if you think that might panic people more or not, but there's a in uh, there's a Danish market that will sell you, for example, a single bottle of hand sanitizer for regular price five fifty seven, but then if you want a second or third bottle, it's one hundred and forty three dollars each. Uh, is that a good idea, or does that make things worse, do you think? Oh, I think that one is, is a creative solution that some economists probably came up with. But uh, no, I don't think that's a particularly good, good idea. But, you know, we're very used to situations in stores, all of us, when we go to a store and there's a sale on, when somebody says, you know, uh, at this price, uh, but three per customer. Uh, that's, that's not a, a big change for anybody. Uh, what it does is it sends to a, a couple of different signals. First thing it says, you don't have to panic buy because it's going to be available. And the second thing is we're not allowing people to take, you know, uh, entire cartloads of things that they're going to sell on eBay later out of the store. So what it does is it reduces the amount of tension around the shopping process and makes sure that people have access to what they need, and it calms the public mood. 
So obviously at Ipsos, you do a lot of polling. You, you hear from a lot of uh, Canadians, Manitobans and Winnipeggers included. What else are you hearing when it comes to COVID-19 that you think is maybe worth mentioning here with, as we chat? Well, the understanding that, you know, as much as we're hearing from public health professionals about this issue, most Canadians don't think they're going to get sick as a result of COVID-19. Whether that's an accurate way to think or not, they really feel that this is as much an economic crisis as anything. And in fact, the way they regard it is not that we're dealing with this big public health issue. They're, they're actually looking at it like we're dealing with a natural disaster. So the types of relief that they're looking for are things that relate to the immediate needs in their households. I mean, there's people who are being laid off in fairly significant numbers right now. So they need to know what they're going to do to pay the rent in two weeks or a week. Uh, so, you know, governments at, uh, you know, in, in, at various levels talking about intergovernmental community uh, committees and working groups and federal provincial agreements. No, no, that's not what people want to hear about. They want to know where I go to get some sort of assistance to be able to get me through the next two weeks. So uh, that's what people are really thinking about uh, the COVID crisis. It's a natural disaster. Yes, there's a lot of health care issues, but the thing that's really personally affecting them uh, is what's happening to their, their, uh, their, their prosperity at the moment. Daryl, thanks a lot for this. Really appreciate your time today. Anytime, Hal. Thanks for having me on. Joining us now, the councillor, city councillor for Charleswood Tuxedo and Westwood, my friend, Kevin Klein. Kevin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. I, I heard that the people that work in your new studio already have problems with you. Would that be Jackie or? Yes. Oh, HR has been contacted several times. Yes. The good news is HR is working from home as well. So it <laughs> takes, takes a little longer to get the message to HR. Uh, all kidding aside, I hope, I hope you're well, Kevin. I, I know that you're uh, working from home. And uh, as you point out, uh, there aren't a lot of people at City Hall. So you, when you do have to go in, you're, you're doing that as well, but taking all the precautions. Listen, this uh, helpnextdoormv.ca, which the Premier announced yesterday, Yesterday, I, I rattled off some numbers earlier. It's it's very popular. It's a great way to connect people that want to help with people that need help. But you've got something. You in Charleswood, in that area, your ward, uh, you were actually at this even sooner than the province. You know, doesn't matter who's first. It's all good. Tell me about what's happening in, in your ward. This is great as well. Well, thank you, Hal. Yeah, it was last week, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, that uh, we started realizing that people would be having an issue uh, not being able to leave their house. And we have a lot of mature residents in Charleswood, Tuxedo, and Westwood. So I have this group of people on my email contact list. Many of them are on our uh, resident advisory boards. Um, and I said, maybe we should put together some volunteers. I would like to get some, and then we'll see if we can help some of those people in our ward who just can't get out. And then the next day, the uh, Charleswood 55 Plus Center, who have shut down, of course, to making sure that we uh, reduce the curve. Um, and they called and said, "Well, we have all our they, we have staff. They can man the phones. They can do the due diligence. Um, they can either direct somebody to a delivery place, or we can drop it off for them, and we'll work together." Uh, and I was blown away. I thought that is that's just amazing. So that's what we're doing now, and uh, it's been great so far. And so if people listening right now are in that area and they're saying, hey, I want to use this, uh, they, they give Charleswood 55 Center Plus a call. Is that uh, uh, 55 Plus Center a call? Is that as easy as it is? 
That's as easy as it is. And then they also have information on stores that have special op- uh, operating hours because there are some stores in the area right. that offer special operating hours for mature residents. Um, we've also had calls from stores, uh, believe it or not, that said, hey, we're happy to uh, have people call in their order, take the credit card, and have you guys deliver it. We'll offer our services that way as well. So it really is hmm. kind of uh, a snowball. Yeah. Well, I, well, listen, and as I said, we, we can't have enough ways for people that need help to get help. So that's why I wanted to have you on for a couple of minutes. Um, we got an announcement from Mayor Bowman uh, today. I believe he's having his news conference uh if not now, soon, but we did get word of what's going to come out of it today, and obviously there may be more news that comes out of the actual news conference, but the headline is Mayor Bowman announces COVID-19 Business Task Force. And this is, you know, I'm worried for Winnipeggers as individuals, but I am worried for the business community. For example, I was talking to uh, somebody about this uh, the other day. It was uh, lawyer Bob Sikulski about this. Um, the business tax, you know, um, how do you how do you charge a business their business tax when their business is shut down? They're, and I realize this is all happening very quickly, and we'll see where things go. But maybe just take a, a minute or two, Kevin, and, and talk about not just Winnipeggers but the business community in Winnipeg as well. I would like to talk about that, and I wasn't aware that the, uh, the we had a meeting this morning. The mayor didn't mention that at all, the uh, task force, unfortunately. But um, uh, you'll notice that uh, last uh, Wednesday I had uh, put out a letter to the mayor and all members of council asking if we could suspend the business tax. Uh, as opposed to doing that, they, they, did, they deferred that. I've spoken to many businesses. Deferring their business tax is is only uh, a, a short-term solution. They're not bringing in revenue right now. When they get back up and running, we still want our money. And that's where I find it a problem. Listen, if they can't work and we can't be partners with them, why are we taking money from them in the first place? We're happy to take it when they're successful, uh, but when they're having tough times... We, we're just going to take it. Um, and I find that inappropriate right now at this time. I spoke to, I think, five people in the last two days that smaller and larger companies that are saying, look, we, we can't afford to do this. Or if we do, all of a sudden, when we do get back on our feet, we're going to have to bring in less people because we have all these bills to pay. We're, we're not thinking appropriately. I think doing a task force I don't want to get political. That's fine. It's just another study. It's just a Band-Aid. Let's actually, we need to be doing stuff that's tangible. People are afraid. People are scared they can't pay their rent. These are business people that they make our economy go. They make this city work. And if we're going to walk away from them at their time of need, shame on us. Yeah, and and I'm willing to give uh, Mayor Bowman uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt on this because things are changing very quickly. But I I agree with you, Councillor. I think that uh, at the very least we need to suspend the business tax. We'll see if that comes uh, from this business task uh, business uh, task force uh, that Mayor Bowman is is talking about this afternoon. Kevin, thanks a lot. Stay safe and uh, stay healthy, my friend. I, I really appreciate your time and and thanks for all you're doing in your riding. Thank you, Hal. I appreciate the time. You be healthy as well. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.